Welcome to Sassholes. We are revenue ops with an edge. With decades of making interesting decisions, Jamie, Jason, Marcus, and Pete are dedicated to helping aspiring sales leaders accelerate revenues with our no BS approach to sales leadership strategies and tactics. Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com slash Sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in the new buyer environment. Weeks one. 23, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week 4, all go-to-market team kickoff and receive self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment. Weeks 5 to 7, collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset. Week 8, all go-to-market team presentation and discussion. Winalytics, build the revenue organization you want. Request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com. Ask for Brent. And say Big Pete sent you. Who refused to go to the barber? Flobies or uh, no bees, right? Wife doesn't like the flobies, so I'm like, all right, then I just won't cut my hair. Why are you refusing to go to the Because uh, it's a waste of time. <sighs> it's like going to the deli counter. It's like going to the DMV. It's just, I don't know. I'm not, not into it. Not into it, Carney. Going it's to my... the deli counter. Well, so personally, I, I always say, I refuse to go to have someone make me a sandwich. They better heat it up at least. Otherwise, I'm not paying shit for it. I, I'm talking about just getting the meat sliced. Yeah, like standing there waiting. And they put these, the second slowest people are at the deli counter. The first slowest people are bagging the bags. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, Chat GPT, Carney, that's still. Are we, is it just you and me? Whoever shows up, yeah. Who was there last week? Because I, I I had it, and then I totally dropped the ball on it. I I don't remember, uh, but I have a couple in the can, so we're so we're good. Uh, I think uh, our boy Marcus in uh, London. He's doing same time. He's doing his chat sales chat GPT. Are we still talking about chat GPT? <sighs> People are key- asking about it. I guess the question is, it's no longer about the software itself. It's about asking the right question. So how do you drill down? People are wanting to know, how do I know how to drill down? Well, it's pretty simple. So, Ask the damn question. It's funny. I was, uh, I, I we had a sales rep doing his presentation on an account, right? And it was it wasn't good. It was bad. Of course not. While he, while he was doing the um, presentation, um, I pulled up Chat GBT and I said, "What if I just said, I'm not going to name the company because I'm the yeah. person never listens." So I pull yeah. up. What if? Uh, what are the issues associated with this company, this prospect? Right, and I put in the prospect. Like, what are the issues that they have? And um, and they uh, it came back, and then I said. How does people AI, how could people AI uh, uh, solve their issues? And it came back with five bullet points. And I was like, within 30 seconds, I did a better presentation than this guy did. And I have no idea what this company does. 
So why so, wouldn't you why wouldn't you make a why wouldn't you make a side by side video with that and just send it to it? Send it to him? No, to the to the company. Well, I mean, well, so like I'm hiring for BDRs and I'm gonna have them I'm like and prospecting. I'm like, all you have to do is go in and uh, chat GBT, I'll be honest, is pretty wordy. It's well written, but wordy, right? Yeah. And I think it does that to sort of cover the fact that it is a computer algorithm. So it just, and it does a lot of fillers while it's trying to, but it's wordy. Especially when you say, give me 2000 words, it'll. It'll figure it out. It'll figure um, it out. But it, it, it produced a, a response with four bullet points. So what a person has to do if they want to be more succinct and a BDR, especially, what does this company have to do? Like what, what, what are the biggest initiatives at this company X and it doesn't have to be public or private somewhere out on the web. They've had to have um, announced these initiatives, right? You would think. And, uh, and that's what chat GBD does. It's not like you have to go into Google and find the, the, the little nugget and be like, Oh, there it is. That's the gold I want. And boom add that to your thing. Instead, you just say, what type of initiatives does this company struggle with? It pops it out there. And then uh, how can uh, whatever company, but in my case, how can people AI solve for these initiatives? And then it does a, a it usually does a, um, I've, I've done it like 10 times now. It usually does like a paragraph and then bullet, uh, like two to five bullet points. Just grab those bullet points and, you know, maybe the headliner of it. And then you, you know, so you do, you still need a human to sort of make it look like it's not chat GBT. I think most people can understand when chat GBT is coming now because it's very wordy and verbose. Well, everybody's using it. So it's, it's it, it might as well be an email. That's kind of my point is the email goes to the prospect. This could be just out of corporate marketing and say, Hey, are these your initiatives? Yes. No. Yes. Okay. Hi, I'm Jamie Carney. Here is boom, right? What do you want to hear more about? So three minute video there, and then three minute on whatever the initiatives are. I mean, imagine if you're Microsoft. Everyone's yeah. moving off of uh, Microsoft inbox to Gmail. I mean, do they migrate back because there's a click of a button? Like, I, can it be integrated to the point where you say? And and Microsoft blocks integration to Gmail, where you could say, write an email to Pete Jansen's about this and this, and uh, then it pops up and shows you the preview of the email. And why not? Well, I think I think right now the differentiator that we have is we can do quick and dirty videos. That if the bullet points are strong, to to, to put out there and say, "Hi, this is Jamie." With, people.ai i hear that you have a problem with x if yeah. that is true let me tell you would you like to hear more yes yeah. no yes yeah i do think chat gbt is great but it's not video gbt right it's not you you can do no it'll give us a script it'll give you the script it'll give you the script but um you can do video gbt um yourself it's so much easier to do that and so much more engaging. I mean, the reality is when you're sending emails, I always say to people, don't send 
an email um, without an action on it, the ability for any type of action on it. Because otherwise you're just like, it's like you're just throwing um, coupons on somebody's doorstep. You don't know if they're going to use it or not. You know what I mean? But if you have a, a, you know, a link to go click a club, go click to go get that coupon. Now, you know, who's interested and who isn't. Well, it's the same thing. You got a shitty BDR calling up somebody, you know, the, the whole key is it's like a slot machine, you know, this is the person receptive to your information. Are you likable? Do you have good enough logic for, for the person to uh, be pers- persuaded to your way? So, and uh, today's environment. So I'm starting up a BDR team here at people. AI. Yeah. In, in today's environment, what would you recommend a BDR role, Pete? Like, I want to hear from you. Like, if you were going to start up a BDR at a, at a, you know, Series D startup, what would you tell them? How do they how do they maneuver in today's world? I don't know if you need BDRs anymore, dude. I think you have to prove that the money that you invest on the BDR, I don't know what the churn is like. I don't know what the training costs are like. But you got to show me that AdWords can't get me the leads better than you know, the human can. I think marketing needs to be pressed more to, to you have to exercise, exhaust the marketing resources that you have that, sh- that, that says that, yes, you can get incrementally better by putting a human in place. So I, I agree with you. I think the days of marketing doing brand i'll be on brand awareness <laughs> oh these are brand awareness campaigns like let's be honest if you're unless you're a huge conglomerate brand awareness is uh, a waste of money meaning that uh unless you're you know budweiser you know they're doing brand awareness in a different way but they're trying to change their brand i mean but unless you're like a huge brand name um and and you're a b2b tech company just stop with the brand awareness right and 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 i think that drives me nuts i think um marketing is going to be pressed with point uh being point solution based meaning prescriptive uh they've got to understand what the customer's pain is and how your your solution solves it and then they need to beat that drum as much as possible on online so they can find people the reality is though there's so much noise in um there's so much noise in the marketing digital marketing world that i think bdrs are there but bdrs are not anything more than a uh they're not in sales they're not in sales anymore no they're proactive marketing that's sort of how I'm using them. Okay. I'm sitting there and I say, hey, we only have X amount of reps, right? And we have thousands of customers that we could sell to. But the reality is in the world of a startup, you're you're placing, you're giving the reps, you know, 100 accounts because you've got so many accounts. <laughs> you're placing the future of the company based on which uh, accounts these reps get traction in or want to go get traction in, right? And so, and and the reality is they can only proactively 
deep dive into, you know, five to 10 accounts and maybe another five to 10 accounts they can, you know, um, snoop around and start picking away at. That means they've got 80 accounts that are just lying um, vacant, right? Like there's no one we're interacting with. And they, I always say you rent accounts, you don't own them. I'm the landlord and your quote is the rent. Um, and if you want a lower, if you want, if you want, if you want lower quota, I'll give you less accounts. You're, I'll move you down a floor from the penthouse or whatever. Anyways, I believe BDRs are there to help the reps in accounts that they're not touching. What's happened in the last decade, I think, is BDRs have actually turned into um, admins for their reps. And the reps call them up and they have meetings with the, each of the reps that they're with and say, all right, I'm going after these accounts, you know, in the software business, I'm going after these accounts. Can you help get more meetings over there? And then the business is looking to make cuts and they go, okay, well, the BDRs haven't created any pipeline. Well, they're not creating pipeline. They're helping the reps get more and more meetings and accounts that they're trying to uh, uh, go after. And I think that's a big problem that's out there. What is the ultimate goal of a BDR? Get meetings. Quality meetings and a lot of leads. But yes, I I think there's a difference. There's leads. No, there's sort of like, hello, maybe I'm interested. I want to get interested. That's what a lead is. Yes, that's what a lead is, right? Mm -hmm. The odds are high that that'll turn into an account. Agreed. I'm just saying in Salesforce lingo, a lead is Salesforce is dead on your internet. Salesforce uh, is dead. Salesforce is dead. Let's talk yeah. about the future now. Okay. Okay. You, you you're you're out there to get leads, and what you're saying is this human being will be more efficient than AdWords. Okay. Right. That's the bet, or or it's <laughs> or it's there is a stopgap because your AdWords, you know, it does take time to get AdWords up and going for those who have never been in interactive marketing. You can't just come onto the scene and spend money efficiently in AdWords. Yeah, you have to know what the keywords are. You have to be an And you have engineer. to be there for a long time. You have to be there for a while because the algorithm rewards people that are consistently spending money with Google. And so if you're new to the game and you're bidding on a word, you might have to bid 10 to 15 times more than someone who's there consistently because you're a newcomer. And, and I think Google's in trouble too. I think that... What needs to happen is if you don't have a freemium version of your product, you're going to be sunk because people are going to have to try. They want to try it. Google has freemium. No, I'm saying anybody, people.ai, there should be an option in there where people can go in, oh, wow, I'm a small business. I have one or two people. And, you know, I want to, I want to, I, I want to be more efficient in in, in what it's what called I'm PLG. Doing. Yes, and 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 people AI has it. The PLG uh, is the wave of the future. There's some people, you know, I've talked to reps who are like, I'm so product led growth. Product led growth. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think every company, every software company out there has some sort of PLG. People AI does. We have two different PLG motions in place for different products that we have. Um, okay. So you one, have that. And one, then you need to- one is a product, one is a product led freemium version that we haven't figured out what to do after that. But you know, it's there. I use it all the time. I think it's great, but it's gonna. You know, we're trying to figure out how do we convert that into actual money. And the other one is a, a, a actual product led growth. Yeah. So the, pro- the 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 product has to be 
has to give value to the person that's using it. They, they are better off using it than not using it. And you have to be found on the net with video. Yeah. And not a lot of companies have in-house video. They they source it out and it's very expensive and they don't do it. Because people I, I, do I don't understand why um you have to source out video. And I think the problem is this is where this is where marketing drives me a little bit nuts. And I'm gonna get in my marketing hat. And for those at people AI that are marketers listening to this video, you guys they'll are, be out of a job soon. You anyways. guys are no, no, they're the marketing people at People AI are great. Stop it, Pete. Unless they get on prompt this, engineering. Continue. I will say this. Um, yeah. I feel like marketing a lot of times tries to be perfect rather than um, just get it done. You know, I, I remember. Perfect our, is slow. I know. I agree with you. And our old, um, you know, my my old mentor, our old boss, you know, uh, Bob, uh, you know, at one point he said in the job board space, he goes, we, you know, our people looking for jobs is like going to the doctor or hospital. Our job is is to have a good bedside manner, meaning we don't have to be the best looking uh, hospital bed or anything like that because there, there's no not no such thing. He goes, but we're there to have the best um, bedside manner while they're looking for a job. And what he really meant was we can be quick and dirty if we get them the job or we get them the cure or we cure them and get them out of there faster it's better for them and they'll come back. I don't know if I want my doctor to be dirty, but what you're saying is A plus work takes a long time. B plus will do. Yeah. And okay. just as long as you cure them and you can move them on to their life. It's not like people don't come looking for, people don't come and hang out in a hospital, right? People don't come looking for a job. They're looking for a job because they have to. So the, so the question still stands going back to the beginning of this. We're talking about BDRs. Companies, companies, when you ask them, I'm not going to put you on a spot, but I should. On a graph, you know, what is the level of the point of no return? Where does it make sense or stop making sense to have a human being get leads for you? Well, I mean, I think you've got to measure leads. <laughs> you do. You always have to measure the yeah. actual leads you're getting from interactive marketing, the quality of those leads versus the quality. Whatever, whatever quality means. EDR. Well, I think outcomes. I think at the end of the day, you got to look at. Money these, in, money out. Did these leads turn into anything or are they just leads creating? If you're constantly spending money on the web to get leads, to get meetings, and those meetings turn into nothing, then you're actually just uh, patting yourself on the back because you're like, look at all these meetings I created. Well, if it didn't convert to sales. You either have a bad sales rep, a bad product, or you're just bad lead or bad lead. So if it's a bad sales rep, I, I think we can make that decision based on just a observation. If it's a bad product, then what the hell are we doing here? Right? So more than more than likely, it's a bad, uh, it's going to be a bad lead in a company. They're going to say, well, it's not the rep. And they're not going to say, well, the product sucks because everyone's working at that company, then why would anyone be there? So it's going to be on marketing if those are bad leads. But you got to look at both of those and weigh those. I think the same thing happens in, especially in today's world, uh, with chat, GBT, with video and all of that. Uh, enablement, right? Training, internal training, external training. You know, um, people hire uh, people to do training. But How do you know when training works? I know, but at the same time, there's Companies aren't a answering that question. That's why ChatGPT. That's why it only gets you eighty percent because he 
companies at the top level have to answer those questions and they don't want to answer them or they don't, do they not want to, or they don't know? What do you mean? Okay. We want to, how do we know we're going to add another sales rep? They don't know. Right. So, but all of a sudden you got a surplus and you say, you know what, let's go add some more people. How do we know how many to add? See, we don't know how many to add. We don't know how many to take away. I think that's where the question comes into play, right? That that's where chat GPT isn't going to ask that question at the end. No, of the day, my point is ask- that there, it, it's going to ask you, if you don't give it that answer, it can't, if you don't put the input in, you can't get the answer out to know when, when does it make sense to, to do AdWords or bring in a body? Yeah. And I think when you're, when you don't know the, your best bet is to like, honestly, when you don't know and you're, you're, you're trying to grow, your best bet is to do both because then you can measure as long as you can afford it. Right. Then you can measure each other against each other. And I think the same goes with training and, and videos. Like how much is a, a customer trainer? How much is an internal trainer repetitive and getting on the phone and doing repetitive motions with their internal team, right? That, you know, you just can drown out the uh, person's voice and be like, hello, Pete. You know, <laughs> Like that's probably the only change that's really going on. Um, video can handle all of that. And so I think if you're in you're in training, and, and you and I both know this, when you were starting up your chat bot at uh, our former company, I thought, I'll be honest, Pete, I thought it was genius. That was 12 years ago, something like that, where you were having uh, a, a chat bot answer questions of like, where is, or how do I do this? Or how do I do that? And as it was going along, it was becoming smarter and smarter to handle those questions. And you were having the your own reps go in and ask the chatbot first and then go find the answer if it doesn't give you the answer. So it could get smarter, right? I think the same thing happened with all trading. Well, the popular question was, why is my quota X? (laughs) Was that the most popular question? Yeah. Why? (laughs) So then, you know, what you do is you ask your higher ups, hey, why is the quota this? (laughs) It just is. (laughs) Just is. So like for like here, here's a great example, right? Um, industry standards on quota for software for net new. Yeah. Um, it's three to four times your OTE. So if you have anything lower than that, it's a gift. And sooner or later, a PE firm or someone's going to come in. Now, where'd they come up with that? I don't know. They pulled it out of their ass, but now it's an industry standard. Right, it's the same thing with like pipeline multiples. They say pipeline multiples x I, I, it needs to be three x pipeline. Where'd they come up with it? Some PE firm just came up with it, and now it's become industry standard. Same well, thing it's with- what the what's what it's what the market bears on money, right? You you're buying cash flows, and if you don't get the, you know th- these numbers, you're not going to get the cash. Well, that's exactly it. But at the at the end of the day, if you're at a company and you're doing purely net new upsells and new and you're in that three to four x ote range you're in the market standard right if you're below that uh just be ready sooner or later the cfo is going to 
get some pushback from the investors and you're going to get a 20% hike in your quota uh, one year over year because you're going to get in that range. If you're above that range, I don't know. And that's when you bounce. Maybe go find a new job because you're you're uh, you're getting squeezed. But yeah. three to four X um, is typically where the quotas come from. So if that question was asked, that that's how I would answer it is like the industry standard is three to four X for net new. Now, if you're renewal or your account manager, that's all a that all depends on the uh, on the, uh, uh, the. Well, then the next question is for run rate stuff. Why? Why is it at first glance my opportunity lower than this person's? You know, why do I get these accounts? What you know? That's a great question, and that's called territory design. And and the reality is, in a lot of cases, the people that have been there longer cherry pick and get the best accounts just happens to be that way because you know the sales manager likes x or thinks you know uh, this person's doing more and gives them more and more accounts or the better accounts that they think are out there to win uh, territory design is flawed in nature why because you have sales leaders which are not data gurus you have sales leaders that are looking at accounts and sort of just speculating this will or will not be a good account. There's other information that's thrown at them, like size of the account, maybe um, maybe their their estimated tech stack. But these these sales leaders are sort of carving out territories haphazardly, and they're not they're not necessarily um, understanding of how these all work. What they're trying to do is get the people that they like the best, the best territory, and the new people that come in have the worst territories because um, those new people have to earn their keep. Well, that's the value of a consultant. You can point the finger at them and say, well, why is my quota? Well, we paid this amount of money to come in and it and it lends to integrity and credit to the number that's given so people stop being distracted and go out there and work. The, I'll be honest, the number one reason why before I joined People AI, I bought People AI, was for uh, the insights that provided me to do territory design. I, I felt like uh, at companies, I was giving a rep 30, 40 accounts, and we were stack ranking these accounts and saying, these five are your best accounts, and these five are your worst accounts, and these 20 are in between, right? And then we would say to the rep, hey, you got to make sure you're hitting all of these huge accounts that we think are great fits for our solution. And the rep would come back and be like, I'm hitting every single account, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, I know you're not. Like I would look at the the Salesforce data and I would be like, you know, the 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 quote was always, if it wasn't in Salesforce, it didn't exist. So I'd pull the activity data and say 83% of all of our named accounts have had zero activity in the last 12 months. And so we'd go back, the CEO and I would go back to the head sales leader and he'd be like, Well, we don't log activity unless there's an opportunity. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought we just said if it wasn't in Salesforce, it doesn't exist. And now you're trying to tell me of stuff that doesn't exist inside Salesforce. I'm supposed to buy off on it. And the CEO is like, give me a solution for that. And that's where we bought people AI because now it goes in and says, oh, these are the accounts that haven't, it was like 65% had had no activity in the last 12 months. And most of them were the big accounts. And these reps were saying, oh, I don't have enough accounts. I don't have this. I'm like, you haven't even caught, you haven't even sent one email to United Airlines and you're, you're in Chicago. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a perfect fit. Like it was the, one of the top rated ones. You didn't even send one email, like zero emails were sent to this in 12 months. Boy, it sure makes sense to have uh, the humans around. 
<laughs> All right. So, so uh, figuring out who to call on, what, what do you look at? Ge ge geography, company size, well, revenue, NACO? I, I think geography is last, right? It's not as important as it was. Now, I think geography is default, like when you've got no other reason to do it, default. There are companies out there like HG Insights. I don't know if you know of them, but no. uh, they, I don't know how accurate it is, but they go and give an estimation of people's tech stacks and say, you know, if you're, if you're trying to sell in technology, like, hey, here's their tech stack. Here's what we think is inside that tech stack based on evidential evidence, right? And then here are where we think uh, your competitors are in place and when their contract is up for renewal. So maybe it's up for renewal next year. Maybe there's no competitor in place, which means it's ripe for you to do. And maybe there's a competitor that's in place as of this year and it's a three-year contract. So it's going to be really hard for you to sell into, right? So then they give you that type of information, give you the size um, and where these people are located. And then you take all that information. You say, okay, let's start carving this stuff out. And so you carve out the opportunities. The other thing that's really good is intent. So um, you can look at you can look at size of the company, their tech stack, competitors in place, and then intent. Intent is um, where people are searching the web, anywhere on the web for your type of services. And will say, hey, there's high intent here. They're looking to buy and they don't have a competitor in place. These are A accounts. These are B accounts, C accounts, and D accounts. A lot of Vista Equity calls it cap DB, but a lot of people use like the cap DB concept in, in terms. Of but the geo side is, I mean, the West Coast and the East Coast, you got three hours, so you're gonna have one shift coming in later in the day and one coming in earlier in the day, right? Yeah, but at the same time, geo's gone because West Coast companies. Well, are you gonna have people call these BDRs that you're saying that you're gonna hire. You're gonna yeah, have them. Well, yeah, but mostly West Coast companies, a lot of their operations and, and the key people you're talking to might be in Austin. They might be in Florida. They might be in uh, the East Coast. It's no longer where the headquarters is, is where most of those people are. Yeah, it, but it, where the where the, where the uh, point of contact is, that's what I'm saying, geo, that's what you're calling on if they're located in those areas. That's very difficult to do, right? That That's like the next level because you've got to find out which type of people you're looking for and then find out where are they located. And what you find out is LinkedIn is not necessarily accurate on where they're living. Yeah, but your three-year contract, even though that's not good because they probably got fired or quit. Well, yeah the people who bought your three-year contract, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of companies that are dealing with that too, that they either got fired or quit over the last six months. The year before, they probably all left because the uh, COVID created a, a scarcity of jobs and, uh, and and people could leave with big raises and stuff like that. So the people that bought your product three years ago are probably more than likely 80% are no longer there. So to have a BDR... How often is it that they can convince somebody to that will take an appointment that is going to want to buy your product? That's the that's the it's the game you're playing. Is like you have to catch somebody before they're looking. Well, so you use intent scoring, right? So you use uh, like 
uh, Seismic, Six Sense, all of those types of companies out there um, that sort of say these people seem to be in seem to be searching for your solutions, right? So that these companies do. So then you start identifying those companies and going after those. That's a good way to sort of start the process, right? Like, who do I call into? Here's 2,000 accounts that we think are the right size and area. And then, well, how, of these 2,000 accounts, which ones should I start? You know, do you do blind? Maybe, you know, but the reality is you've got also, if you have six cents or any of these intense coin, you can look at those 2,000 accounts and in, inside six cents and say, oh, these are the ones that seem to be um, uh, interested in in some sort of our, well, some of our solutions. So then you start calling onto those, right? And I think that's where you start prioritizing so that you can get there either before or during their buying cycle with the competitor. And then you could go in and um, disrupt that buying process. Aren't these people going to start by looking for, they're going to describe their problem and they're going to look for a, a quick fix on YouTube. Don't, isn't that why video is so critical during that time now, period? I don't know. I think, I think um, you're giving too much credit for, what what happens? A lot of buying decisions, in my opinion, occur with a bunch of executives in a conference room, and they sit there and uh, talk about a problem. And one of them has heard of a certain company as a solution, like oh, they've I've heard about this company that's got this technology, and then they go to their. They, they, they farm it out to somebody to go get information and come back and present yeah, right? but they don't say go so i think they don't those people don't go looking for a problem they go look to to solve a problem that the executives have tasked with them like hey um like in the go-to-market space man our forecasting really sucks hey i heard there's a great forecast reporting tool it doesn't help how did that how did that person hear of it from other executives or they were at a uh, conference or they got coerced or something like that. And those companies have been around and spent a lot of money on marketing. Right. You know, and then they go, okay, I got to go out in the marketplace and find a forecast reporting tool. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I don't remember ever reading a 10 K where um, the company has thanked their forecast reporting tool for their hitting their numbers. Right. Like I've right. never heard them say, I'd like to thank, uh, this this software for helping us hit our numbers. But you can put keywords from that 10K in to chat, to Google, to okay. whatever, to your website, that when they do a search that, you know, you're found and people are lazy, they don't read, they want to watch something and they want one minute. So, Well, yeah, I think video completely outweighs everything that you're doing, right? So you got to have video clips. And I, I would also say this, Pete, you want those video clips to be uh, tracked in a way that you can collect information on who the, like putting something on YouTube is is great, except uh, most of the people that look and view your YouTube videos are anonymous, right? Well, you have to tie them all together. Whatever the first thing that they're looking for, oh, wow. It, it's almost like a sales call. You're You're buying the next one minute of time. Why should I listen to you? Okay, I got you for one minute, boom little card pops up. Hey, 
are you also interested in and to keep them going? It's just like a sales call. A simpler way to even do that because the because if you're sending them a YouTube video, always take your so this is a little hidden something simple. Everyone has a URL tracker where you can identify um you know, you can identify every URL who I sent that to. So take that URL tracker Every single time I sent this one to Pete Jansen's, I'm changing the URL so it identifies that it's a Pete Jansen's tracker, and I might email Pete Jansen's. Then I'm sending one to Jamie Kern. I'm sending them a different URL because then I know who clicked on what. That's like an easy gorilla hack that you can do so that every it takes you a second more to do it. You can use Bitly or whatever it is. Um, you can create your own. If you have your own internal tools like we do, you can just create your own urls and then you know every single email i sent out is personalized so i know which one's nibbling on the uh, on the bait that i threw out there and i'm not even talking about emails i'm just talking to be found when the people are ready i agree with you there but i'm just saying you've got to think about how do i know when people find it who are those people so i can follow up on the people that nibbled and so you've got to always think about that like how do i get it so it's not anonymous nibbles because then i have no idea who's uh snooping around so you've always got to figure out how can i how can i get more um information so getting back to chat gpt and the 20 percent that it doesn't give you do you think boardrooms are going to be more specific more objective for what they are looking for boardrooms are going to they're going to we need to grow 20 percent Okay, great. Then specifically what needs to happen in that 20%? I need money to come in from advertising and I need money to come in from the sales force. Well, how do I know when I'm going to put more in, into advertising? How do I know when I'm going to put more in the sales force? Do you think they'll answer those questions at the board level instead of just saying, oh, here's here's some money, go hire some people? So I think that's where it's headed, right? So I think we're getting, I think the great thing about, or the great thing, there's nothing great about this recession, but. Um, well, there what, is, it's almost over. Um, we got to wait 12 months, right? Or how, how many months? Uh, 18 months for it to be over. Um, anyway, how long we've been in it? I, I agree with you there, but uh, you know, our, our government has changed the rules on what a recession really is. Um, but regardless, um, if there's one thing that has come from it is that I think it's going to force companies to use technology that's out there today to be smarter about how they go about hiring, monitoring people, uh, making sure that when you're working for me or for our company, you're doing what I'm asking you to do. You might not be good at it or not, but everyone's working from home, you know, and, and and get ready reps. Those reps that were working from home and might've been very charismatic and get some sales in, but we're out on the golf course uh, 80% of the time and uh, their sales were up and down like this, but occasionally we'll come in with a winner. Those guys are going to be um, uh, going to be uh, found out earlier rather than hiding. Um and what are you so, talking about? The sales reps were on the golf course before COVID. <laughs> I know they were. Believe me, 
They were. <laughs> but they were they were in executive meetings or they were out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nowadays, that ain't going to fly. I'm paying you. Like the reality is a company is paying a person to do a job. Sales reps, and, and one of the things you always talk about is getting rid of uh, um, uh, quotas and getting rid of, or sorry, getting rid of commissions. Why is commissions in place? Because sales reps are given a lot of freedom, right? And the only way we can, the, the only way rep or, or companies believe that they can um, hold sales reps accountable is based on performance. And, and to me, I think where we're headed is reps should be paid for doing what the company is asking them to do and then get judged on, um, are you good? Did at you do it or not? Job? Not judged if you did it or not. You get judged now, just like everyone else, on performance. Like, oh, you're a bumbling idiot on sales calls. I don't think I can have you uh, on sales calls anymore. You shouldn't be in sales. There what are if so they're bringing? Companies. What if they're netting you seventy five percent? First of all, performance. Uh, the same way in in non sales roles, if you're able to drive the most amazing information and you talk like a bumbling idiot, fine. We put you in the back room and you, you drive great information out. We just never put you in front of people. Same thing will happen with sales reps. If you're able to sell, go and sell. I just don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't really care. Well, if the bumbling idiot is seeing a thousand more people than the very eloquent guy that only is a lazy ass that sees four people. Give me the bumbling idiot. Oh yeah. Action. That's what I mean. Like you're going to get judged on action, action, action more so than anything else. Well, results, 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 but then results, if results aren't there action. Right. And, and uh, you know, our, our old, uh, uh, leader at one point, Bob used to say, Hey, I paid you. Like I, you did great last month. I paid you for that. That's why I paid you handsomely last month or last year. That's why I paid you last year. I paid you great. I'm putting you on a pip now because you're doing awful. Like what happened in the past is the past. I got to look at the future now. Cause I already paid you for the past. Activity is always the problem. It's never the solution. It isn't. Yeah. All right, Carney, that's enough. Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com slash Sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in the new buyer environment. Weeks one and three, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week four, all go-to-market team kick off and receive some self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment weeks five to seven collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset week eight all go-to-market team presentation and discussion winalytics build the revenue organization you want request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com ask for brent and say big pete sent you